What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked on Blazers your first listen every day. It's five days a week, free on all platforms, coming at you every single weekday. So make it your first listen, make it part of your daily routine. Today's show, we're talking Yusuf Nurkic's injury. Blazers' big man is out for at least a month and likely the remainder of the regular season. I want to talk about the fallout of the Nurk news, the direction that the Blazers are clearly heading with the announcement of this news. No, uh, there's there's nothing subtle anymore about it. And then look ahead to the final 23 games of the Blazers' regular season. They've, they're still going to play them, even if they're going to play them even more shorthanded than they were when we recorded yesterday's show, quite frankly. Let's start with the big news. Here's what you need to know. Yusuf Nurkic has plantar fasciitis in his left foot and it will be reevaluated in four weeks. So he's out at least a month. And depending on what level of cynic you are, the way the Blazers announce this injury kind of, you, you may take it in a, a little bit of a different way. They said in the press release that he has played through the symptoms of this of plantar fascia in his left foot. It's like a heel injury. Um, it's pretty common across sports, but uh, plantar fasciitis. Uh, he's played through the symptoms of this since September. So basically, he's been dealing with this foot injury since September. Here's the thing, though. Nurk hasn't shown up in any injury reports. In fact, Yusuf Nurkic had one of his healthiest seasons that he, quite frankly, that he'd had in in his career, uh, only missing games basically just due to COVID. Uh, he missed three games this season. He was he was really, he had been very healthy and this hadn't showed up on the injury report. So the cynic here is like, the cynical read is either that he's been, you know, he's really been playing. The reason that they mentioned that he's been dealing with this since September is because Nurk's really been playing through it. And it flared up when the Blazers finally got a week off at the All-Star break. And that's when it came back and really started to bother him. Or... Or that the Blazers won four games in a row and they find themselves in tenth place, too clear of the eleventh of the teams tied for eleventh in San Antonio and New Orleans, and Portland is has a vested interest in not making the playoffs. So you say that Yusuf Nurkic has been dealing with this for months and months and months. You know, uh, you know, five or six months he's been dealing with this injury, and they've got to shut him down because it finally caught up with him. And the reason that they're doing that is because that's cover. And it's cover because they want to lose. And that's my read, quite frankly. I don't doubt that Yusuf Nurkic is injured. Like, I don't doubt that he's having this foot problem. What I doubt is that he couldn't play through it. Because he has been playing through it, and he's been freaking excellent. He's been great. Um, he's played the best basketball of his, of maybe of his entire career in 2022. Certainly some of the best basketball of his career in 2022. He's been awesome. If this is what he looks like with an injured foot, I, I don't know. Like, maybe it was, maybe it's working for him. So... I don't I don't I don't think the Blazers are making up this injury whole cloth. I think the severity of it is specifically tied to their situation. They have a vested interest in Yusuf Nurkic not not playing. If you want to get rosy and think like, "Hey, 
This is a heel injury. It happens. Plantar fasciitis catches up with a lot of people. It's the type of thing that you can just take a wrong step and then your heel flares up and the whole bottom of your foot's on fire and it could happen at any point. You know, maybe he maybe he did something over all-star break where, where it just it caught up with him, you know, taking jumpers and it and just landed wrong or something like that. Well, if, if Yusuf Nurkic is out for a month, uh, I'm recording this on February 23rd. This is Thursday, February 24th show. So if if you if Nurk is out for a month and he returns on March 24th, there'd be 10 games remaining in the regular season, and he would miss 13 games in that month or in that four weeks. I cannot imagine a scenario where the Portland Trailblazers, after missing Nurk for these 13 games, they're already well below 500. They're on the cusp of making the play-in tournament if they finish in 10th. I cannot imagine a situation where they bring Nurk back if they've been if being this cautious with something he's dealt with, with since September and saying now is a we're, now he needs a month off to bring him back for the final couple weeks of the regular season. I cannot imagine a scenario where that happens. His season is done. And it's a bummer because Nurk was so 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 good. You know, he's averaging a shooting a career best from the floor, averaging 15 points, 11 boards and 2 and 2.8 assists per game, but since January 1st Nurk's been balling balling. I'm telling you, 17.4 points, 12 and a half rebounds, and 3.4 assists. When the season flipped and the Blazers no longer had Damian Lord, and they kind of turned it over to Nurk as clearly their second best player, or even the second best offensive option behind uh, Anthony Simons. And you know, Norman Powell was there for a little bit, and CJ McCollum was there for part of it, but Nurk was a big feature of this, uh, particularly while CJ was missing time. He delivered. He delivered. He didn't quite keep up his efficiency levels early in the season when his uh, when his role got increased. But seventeen and twelve with more than three assists is like is really, really, really impressive numbers. He's been great. He's been great. And part of me thinks that this is the right move because it probably is the right move. The Blazers have are better off missing the playoffs, getting a pick a high pick to either trade or draft a you know franchise-altering player in one of the top five picks. They're a little bit too good with Nurk in the lineup. They might end up making the playoffs. They might, you know, like, and just sort of squander the whole plan. It makes more sense for them to do a one-year reset, try to get two lottery picks, their own and the one that they're owed by the Pelicans should the Pelicans miss the playoffs. And and try to try to either use those players to rejuvenate the franchise or to trade for a star. It's that's the right move. I think strategically it is the right move. I think um, objectively it's that's that's the way they they should go. I think it's correct. So I think shutting Nurk down is correct. Uh, assuming the cynics read that he's healthy enough to play. But the Blazers were fun from <laughs> for one what whole week. This team was legitimately fun. From February 9th to February 16th, they ripped off four wins with Josh Hart and Justice Winslow and Amphrey Simons looking like a star and Yusuf Nurkic anchoring this team on both ends. They were fun, and I'll miss that fun. Like <laughs> it's they've been enjoyable. They weren't enjoyable early in the year. They were enjoyable and Nurk was a big part of that enjoyment. And I'll 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 miss that. I really will. So that's that, I guess. They're headed they're headed in that direction. And in case there was any doubt, if in case Yusuf Nurk's injury, you you read it as you're not as cynical as I am and you read it as, "Hey, this is an injury. It's a real thing. He's going to come back in a month and they'll get it rolling again." Damian Lillard removed all that doubt. 
He was on Draymond Green's podcast on uh, on Wednesday. That came out on Wednesday. And Dame made it clear. He's done too. So, you know that little T tanking we've been talking about? It's got a big old capital letter. Let's talk about how big that capital letter is in the second segment. But before we do that, let's talk about betonline.net. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. That's what they're doing. They're making it easy and fun to bet on everything. So from the NBA to the NHL, to soccer all over the world, to combat sports, to tennis tournaments, whatever you're looking for, you're going to find more lines, more props, more action on it. So don't wait. Go to betonline.net right now and get in on the fun. In fact, you want to bet on Drew Eubanks over on his rebounds? That line is right there waiting for you. And with Yusuf Nurkic out, Drew Eubanks might be grabbing a whole bunch of rebounds. I would I would look for Josh Hart's rebounds too. Both lines available right now on betonline.net. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. So Yusuf Nurkic, out for at least a month, could conceivably return. I do not think so. I am having, I am hard pressed to find the logic. And it's the same thing I said when, when Damon Lord had his core surgery and it was, you know, reported that, hey, he could, he might be able to come back in five weeks, I mean, you know, six to eight weeks. And as soon as five, and he's feeling really good. And he said, right when he came back, I haven't ruled out a return, but I'm in no rush and I'm feeling good. Well, Damon Lord, coupled with Yusuf Nurkic injury, I think it's clear the Blazers are tanking. And quite frankly, uh, shout out to Woo to Ruler, a listener Woo to Ruler, who's been telling me nonstop that the Blazers are not tanking and I'm a big dumb dummy. You were looking right. They kept winning games, Woo. They really did. <laughs> I, I don't think you can claim it anymore. I do not think you can claim it anymore. It is here. This is this. Ever since Dame had surgery, it was clear this is direction they're headed. But now it is just abundantly clear. With Yusuf Nurkic missing this time and kind of missing this time, out of nowhere, right before the All-Star break, like the timing of it is just, is a cynic stream. <laughs> and perhaps I'm too cynical, but uh, Dame spoke on Draymond Green's podcast and I strongly recommend it. The Draymond Green Show, available on YouTube. Uh, I'll link it in the, in the description of this episode. Really, really fascinating. We'll probably talk about it more later this week on Friday show after we talk about the Blazers game against the Warriors because Dame, there was a lot to unpack in an hour-long conversation. Draymond does a really good job. He's going to be a media professional for as long as he wants to be. But Dame talked about Draymond asked him, point blank, are we going to see you again? And I'm going to read you Dame's response verbatim. I'm getting back to my journalism days, transcribing a Damian Lillard quote. Dame says, and I quote here, when I first had the surgery, I was more optimistic, like we won't see. But I think where we are right now and what we need to happen for us to take full advantage of the opportunity we've created with all the moves we've made, I don't think that's the play to make. I ain't 100% sure, but I'm not sure how much sense it would make. He's not coming back. He's not playing basketball again. And if Dame's not coming back, you better believe Nurk's not coming back. So it, this removes all doubt, all doubt. If Woo Ruler, who I'll just give him one more shout out, shout out to Woo, uh, like, you are not alone. Several listeners have said, well, maybe the Blazers are going to make the playoffs. And they were too good. That's why they shut Nurk down. They were too good. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic was too effective. They had to hold, hold, him, hold him out of games. But this, this 
this is it. Like they're going in this direction. And and quite frankly, I don't think we're going to see Anthony Simons get shut down. He's 22. Hard pressed to see other guys just because the roster is relatively thin. But should there be an ankle injury or a jammed finger or something like that, you they're going to be very cautious with injuries. Absolutely. Nurks is an easier one because he's headed to free agency and they're He's part of the plan. Like, Nurk's coming back. They're going to re-sign him. Uh, in, barring something very unforeseen, Yusuf Nurkic will be back on the roster with a long, with a multi-year contract next season. And this is all part of that process. you got to lose to get there. I've said it a bunch of times that teams don't... Players and coaches don't tank. Coaches tank a little bit. But but players don't tank. Organizations tank. And I think this is another example of, of the way you the way you lose games intentionally is you limit the amount of talent on the floor and taking use of Nurkic, a darn good center, someone who's you know arguably a top 10 center in the league. And we're in the golden era of centers. There's a bunch of great bigs in the league these days. And Nurk has been playing like a top 10 at his position over the last month and a half. He's been great for six weeks. Got to take him out of the equation. And that leaves with a really big opportunity for Trenton Watford, a newly inked NBA deal. Uh, and Drew Eubanks, who the Blazers signed to a 10-day deal yesterday. Uh, I, I thought they were going to wait to sign him today, but they signed him yesterday so he could get in some practices, probably with the eye that Yusuf Nurkic wasn't going to play. So Drew Eubanks is eligible to sign a uh, one 10-day contract followed by a second 10-day contract. He can sign two total. They don't have to be concurrent, but you would assume they most likely would be. And then the Blazers have to would have to sign him for the rest of the of the regular season. However, they can't without waiving someone because they have a full roster with 15 players and two two way players. And and uh, Eubanks, because of his uh, experience in the league, is no longer eligible for a two way contract. So they would have to use a real NBA contract on him. Without Nurk in the lineup, the Blazers are going to have Ambry Simons, Josh Hart, Justice Winslow, C.J. Ellaby. I'm going to guess Drew Eubanks starts because of he's relatively bigger, but I think Trent Watford's going to play a ton of minutes, and I wouldn't be surprised if he starts just because of his familiarity with uh, with the system, and, and he's, he might straight up be better than Drew Eubanks. And then off the bench, it's one of those bigs, whoever doesn't start, Eubanks or Watford, Greg Brown the third, Ben McLemore, Elijah Hughes, and... Keon Johnson, y'all. Keon Johnson returned to practice or or practice for the first time in a long time. First time with the Trailblazers on Wednesday, according to uh, Chauncey Billups. He told that to reporters. I was not at practice. I watched this on YouTube. So shout out to the reporters who were there who got us that information. Access is important. But Keon Johnson uh, practiced for the first time. And Chauncey Billups said that he is hopeful hopeful after a live practice and that Keon Johnson will make his debut Thursday against the Warriors. That's, that's great news because the Blazers need fun. Uh, they need, they need real fun. Uh, Eric Bledsoe did not practice. The Blazers are continuing to hold him out with an Achilles injury. Um, again, Eric Bledsoe did not show up on the Clippers injury report for 54 games. He played every single game for the Clippers. His availability was his best skill and he is not playing for the Blazers because he is too injured. They have removed all doubt. They are, they are moving on with the tanking program. I think, um, one thing to watch, and I this is just pure speculation, but one thing to watch, if a player is on an NBA roster after March 1st and they are, if they're waived, they cannot be, uh, they will not be eligible for the playoffs. And, and I said that poorly, but let me say this. A player has to be waived prior to March 1st in order to clear waivers and join another team for the playoffs. 
There's no one on the Blazers team that fits that except for Ben McLemore. And if the Blazers need a spot, Ben McLemore is the guy who's going to get waived. He's a veteran. He can really shoot it. Um, I don't think they would waive him unless he already had an agreement. Uh, I know that's tampering, but it's that's how it would work. Like if he already had agreement to sign somewhere else with a good team, then that would happen. But I think because the Blazers need some probably frontline depth, I wouldn't be surprised if over the weekend Ben McLemore gets waived so they can sign Drew Eubanks or another just big person. Because if Nurk's not going to play the rest of the year, they just desperately need size. They're just going to really, really need size. And with Keon Johnson returning to the lineup, you have another guard. Uh, it's... There, it could happen for for uh, for Ben McLemore for sure. So I'm excited to watch Keon. Uh, if you're not familiar with him, he's a, a 6'5 rookie guard who was drafted at the 21st overall pick in last summer's draft by the Clippers and came over in the Norman Powell-Robert Covington trade with the Clippers. Uh, check your feed if you're if you want to learn more about him. I had Law Murray on the show last week, uh, last Friday's show, uh, and Law, who covers the Clippers for the Athletic. Shared as you know, gave a good scouting report, maybe 10, 10 minutes, eight or ten minutes on on Keon. So check that one out to learn a little bit more. But I, that's kind of the excitement here. Like I, I'm excited to continue to watch Ant and Josh Hart and Justin Winslow. But like it's the Keon, it's the Keon and Trendon and Greg Brown era for the Blazers because they're going to go young, and this is the direction they're heading. So what lies ahead for this group? Let's talk about that to close the show. What's next for the Blazers? What their schedule looks like? And kind of what is a good way to watch a team that is parts of what the future might look like? That's what we'll do to close the show. Before we do that, I want to tell you about rockauto.com, the place where you can save time and money shopping for auto parts. All of your auto part needs are going to be met on rockauto.com. You're going to save time. You're going to save money, like real money, 30, 50, even 100% more than going to a chain auto parts store or going to the dealership. It's a company that's been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They specialize in helping you, but they have reliably low prices for everybody. Whereas if you go to a chain auto parts store, they might have a special section for mechanics. You know what rockauto.com has? They have an easy-to-use website with great deals for everybody. So why don't you go over there right now, rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com still a pass first point guard still Mike Richmond you are still listening to Locked on Blazers what's next for this team what's what indeed is next they got 23 games remaining nine of them at home starting Thursday against the Golden State Warriors on national TV 14 on the road But it isn't, like, that hard. It is very road-heavy. They have one of the road-heaviest schedules remaining in the league. Uh, But they also play the lowest cumulative opponent win percentage of any team in the league. This is courtesy of great research from John Schumann of NBA.com. John does such a good job with these schedule breakdowns. They're really incredible. And according to John's numbers, the Blazers' cumulative opponent win percentage for the remainder of the year is 458. That's a whole bunch of losers. That's... Winning 45, 46% of your games. It's part of the reason, and I won't whisper this, but I was tempted to. It's part of the reason they shut Nurk down. They looked ahead to the schedule and said, damn, there are too many wins. Damn it. It's part of the reason they're not bringing Eric Bledsoe back. One, they want developmental minutes for just guys who are going to be part of the plan moving forward. And two, it's... 
quite frankly, he might be too helpful. They'd rather play Brandon Williams, a guy they just signed on a 10-day deal, who uh, Chauncey Billups said fans will love today at practice, which makes me think he gonna play. Bledsoe, more helpful than that. The Blazers don't want to win. And with an easy schedule, wins might be a, just unfortunately show up. In fact, like I said, that that week in February, February 9th to February 16th, the most fun seven days of the Blazers season probably showed the front office how talented this team was and said, well, we did an okay job. This group fits well together. How, how do we fix this? How do we do less of this? And I'm not saying they like hatched this plan. I'm sure there was some reality with the medical staff that said, you know, Nurk's been dealing with this foot thing. Bingo. That's, that's, let's see if Nurk is, is cool with missing some time and being part of part of the plan. The same way Damon Lord is not going to come back because he understands the opportunity they've created for themselves with the moves they've made. That is some CEO speak for, I am pro tanking and down with the plan. Dame's here to stay. He knows the plan. Nurk's probably part of that, almost certainly part of that plan too. And he's out for a little bit and the Blazers have an easy schedule coming up. They only have nine remaining games against teams with a better than 500 record. And six of those are right out of the break. Like six of those of those nine remaining are, are of six of their first nine, excuse me, coming out of the break are against teams with winning records. Like they're going to rip off some challenging games and then things get easy. Like they have two weeks where it's somewhat challenging and then things get easy. A lot of those easy games are on the road. Uh, road games are no guarantee, but like with the way the Blazers were playing, you put a relatively competitive team and a, and a five-man starting group, or, or at least four legitimate Hart, Winslow, Nurk, and Ant who really fit well together. You put those guys in the road against teams like San Antonio, who they play three times, and the Pels, uh, and OKC, like those, and Houston. Those might be wins. Those might be wins. They might they might just win. So they had to go this direction. So what do you do, right? Like the the bummer of the use of Nurkish stuff. While I think it's sound, like overall health of the organization strategy, it stinks because they were fun and they're going to be less fun with Nurk in the lineup. I'm a big Trent Watford guy. I'm going to enjoy watching Trent Watford. Uh, not that I watched much of Drew Eubanks in, uh, in uh, college, but I, and I just missed him by, uh, by maybe a season when he was playing at uh, Reynolds High School in Troutdale. But like, I, I, I think he was pretty good on the Spurs. Like, I think as a backup center, he's like, He's solid. He's a pretty good athlete. Um, like I said, sets good screens. Uh, he's like, I will enjoy watching those two gentlemen. Nurk's a way better basketball player. He's been really fun to watch. So some of it is like, how do you watch this? And not like, what do you watch? You're going to watch Anthony Simons run a bunch of pick and rolls and continue to look like a budding superstar. You're going to watch Josh Hart play really hard, push hard in transition. You're going to watch Justice Winslow take funky jump shots, but play hard as heck and be a, be a terror with his strength on defense. And if he ever gets ahead of steam downhill, be a monster. You're going to see those things. Those are the best players you're going to see. You see Greg Brown make some, make some incredible athletic plays and you're going to make, see him have some growing pains and hopefully you see CJL be continue to grow. But for me, the like, if you're looking for like good process, how does this process lead to results down the line? Like I said, like, I don't think tanking makes you a loser in the future because if you build, I've said this in a previous episode, like I don't think losing now, if you play with good habits will poison the well. Like I don't, I do not buy into that at all. I think if you develop good habits and then you inject better talent, and continue those good habits, 
it won't matter that you lost all these games. The point is that you got to develop habits. So what do you want to see? Like what, what, what is it that you want to watch? And I think this is important is like one, there was a time earlier in the season where the Blazers didn't play hard. They would get punked early in games and they'd quit. Saw them quit. That was mostly with veterans who probably didn't want to be here and all those things. That has really changed with this new group. So I'm not worried about that. But that's step one. See them play with the requisite level of energy and the requisite sort of execution level. And if they do get down in games, that they continue to play hard, even if they're getting punked. Because they would just... There were some times in in, in December where if it started to go, the Blazers would would bail the hell out. Hasn't really happened in 2022, so I'm not worried about it. But that's that's step one. That's check that box. Step one. S- step two is that it the what they're doing doesn't totally devolve into ant dribble dribble dribble. Even if they can't get into good good stuff, because talent in some ways talent plays out in execution, right? Like, oh. I didn't catch it clean or I'm not a great dribbler with my offhand. And so we can't run the plays we need to run or we can't, I can't see all the passes that other guys need to make. So it's sort of the fluidity of, of offense doesn't work as well when you sub out this, the skill level and the strength of Yusuf Nurkic for a whole bunch of Drew Eubanks minutes. And, or if you're playing a whole bunch of CJ Ellaby and a whole bunch of Greg Brown minutes, uh, you know, and, and not as much from the, from the other vets, like, some of it is that it just, the offense doesn't totally devolve. You want to play them the good habits. The ball still moves. And if you do need to go one-on-one to win a game, it's late in the game. It's the final five minutes. You say, Ant, go ahead and win it, which the Blazers have done. They've turned it over late to him, let him kind of get into his stuff and look a lot like Damian Lillard, quite frankly, sidestepping people right into hell. Um, sorry, Tyus Jones. Uh, you, you may never recover. So play the right way, like play hard and then play the right way. Like, even if you can't execute your stuff, don't have the offense totally break down because of lack of talent. Try to get into things and run things the right way. And on defense, the Blazers are going to switch up what they do on defense a bunch. They're going to play, um, they're going to switch a little bit, like literally switch. I know I said switch up and switch. They're going to literally switch. They're going to play where they, you know, show high the blitz screens and then get back. And they're going to play a ton of zone. That has been their bread and butter is that they have, you know, three kind of three and a half different looks because sometimes the switching and the blitzing are personnel dependent, but like three and a half different looks, see them execute those things, even if they're not good at it. And even if like the, the zone gets picked apart because of, of skill set, like see them play their principles in the zone and not just give up wide open threes. If you, if you get beats or you just can't rotate over in, in time or there's, or there's, uh, you know, just sort of mental mistakes, missing guys. That's okay. But like, keep in principle on defense. Keep in, keep, you know, running the, the right way on offense and play hard. Who cares? You need them to lose anyways if you're really rooting for the tank. But you want to see them. Pl- you want. You don't want to see this thing just like go off the rails because it definitely can. It definitely can. And the sort of challenge for Chauncey Billups and boy has he had an interesting first season as an NBA head coach is you don't need to win. Like the, the results don't matter, but you need to get these guys developing good and smart habits, playing something that looks like good basketball. If the results don't come like possession to possession and game to game, cool, great, keep it moving. But the process needs to be good. And while you'd like to see like justice and Josh Hart and Anthony do all, and Anthony do all these things, like they're not going to be playing super similar roles to what the team will look like next year. So, well, I just want them to like, you want them to play well and do all those things. Like I don't, I'm not super concerned about them. Like, okay, Josh Hart, like develop a, become a really good backup point guard. 
He's probably not going to do that next year. He's probably not going to have, you know, he'll have ball handling and, and passing duties if he's on the roster, but he's not going to be like just straight up team's backup point guard. So I think you got to, it's more about process than any specific player going places. You want Anthony Simons to, here's what you want, really, if you're closing, if you're, if you're really rooting for it. You want Anthony Simons to be so damn good that his name is on every MVP, MIP ballot. Maybe MVP too, but MIP ballot. You want him to be a legitimate, like the third most improved player and, and some people's most improved player. Like you want Anthony Simons to, to race up the list, smash past Miles Bridges and DeJounte Murray and, and, uh, and Desmond Bain and, and Jaron Jackson Jr. And, and be right up there with Ja. Like that's, that's a successful end of the season. Doesn't need to win. That's not what this is about. He just needs to continue his ascent and the rest of the team needs to play well. Good habits, excellent ant, and everybody else stays healthy. That's a good rest of the season. If they go, you know, 9 and 14, great. If they go 6 and 17, even better, baby, because losses are important now. They've removed all doubt. The tanking is here. Thanks for listening to today's show. They're going to play basketball again soon. I cannot believe we made it this far without basketball games. One whole week. Felt like a long time in my house, but we still churned out a whole bunch of fun episodes. If you haven't listened to uh if you haven't listened to yesterday's show, we did a round table with a bunch of a uh, bunch of locked on hosts, uh, locked on Pelicans, locked on Spurs, locked on Kings, like uh, teams that are in the sort of Blazers uh, same range. I recommend you listen to that one if you haven't already, and I recommend you come back tomorrow. We're going to talk about the Blazers game against uh, the Golden State Warriors. We're going to see Keon Johnson's debut. We're going to see Drew Eubanks' debut. We're going to maybe see Brandon Williams' debut. And y'all, I'll have you covered right here. So make sure you come back and tell your friends to do the same. And then make the show your first listen every day because five days a week free on all platforms. Sounds like a deal. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.